Praise God. Well, let's get into the Word of God today. Hallelujah, since we kind of had a weird thing with my microphone. Uh, uh, reaching the world, making disciples. That's not my message. That's our vision. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's your choice. Your choices make a difference, determine your future. And uh, last week we ended with a scripture of, of course, Joshua. After the children of Israel had taken their, the promised land, the majority of the promised land, they started uh, leaning over to the world side, uh, intermarrying with, with the heathen and, and start, you know, getting pulled into worshiping the unknown gods of that day. And so Joshua had to lay it clear on the line. He said, as for, I don't, you know, I'm giving you instruction. This is what God has said. If you follow me, you're going to walk in the blessings, all right? But if you don't, there's always life and death, amen? There's always choice. He said, uh, gee, God told the children of Israel, I set before you a blessing and a cursing, a curse before you, but you choose what you're going to do. And Joshua was actually bringing this up to the children of Israel. He said, you know, uh, as, for, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve God. Amen. He made a quality decision, and he was encouraging the children of Israel that they had to make a choice too. They couldn't vacillate between the two. And we see this happening uh, in the church today. There's so many uh, compromises that it's, it, you know, we, we see a church body that, that some are, you know, more into the world than they are into the church. And that's why you, when you have prayer meetings and you see people come out on Sunday morning, a lot of y'all, some of you stay two services on Sunday morning, and uh, you come back Sunday night, you come out the prayer meetings and other things that we have. Well, we know that you're serious for God. Amen? Or you, you would stay home and watch TV, your favorite show, or whatever you, you do. But see, uh, it's one thing to, to say that you're passionate for the Lord, but it's another thing to live it. Amen? To live it. These messages are kind of preachy, kind of, you know, pastoral messages, but I think the church needs that every once in a while. Amen? Hallelujah. We had fun last Sunday night with our Jesus encounter, but when, when we come back down to earth, we've got to walk. Amen? We've got to walk the walk. Praise God. So today I want to talk about having a different spirit, a different spirit, to make a choice to be different than... Well, everybody else, that you're going to be more devoted to the things of God, that you stay hot for God, amen, that you run after the things of God, and even on your secular work, your family, whatever you do, God is in the forefront, and everything that you do, your actions, uh, we know we have to walk in the love of God and walk into forgiveness, all of these things is, shows that we are passionate, we're serious for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So we're going to start out with a, a little story in Luke chapter 9, verse 51, the Passion Translation. We're going to uh, look at some of the things that, that drove Jesus. Amen? Uh, Jesus, well, you say, oh, well, he was the son of God, so it was natural for him to always obey God. Well, no, he had to be tempted in every area like we are tempted. Come on now. Or he couldn't have been the perfect sacrifice. If he operated in his childhood, and, and, and I read, uh, I don't know, I was doing some research on stuff, uh, some history of the Bible and things at one time, and 
And there were other books that wasn't included in the canon, what we have, the, what we call the, the Bible, the Word of God. And they were written by some of the other disciples. And uh, one of the books covered Jesus' childhood, which we don't really know anything about until he was 12 years old. And we find him in the temple, uh, you know, talking to the, the, the priest and so on and so forth. And, but, uh, you know, his childhood, they said he was a brat. You know, and, uh, you know, think about it. Have you ever thought about what Jesus was like growing up? How's your kids act when they grow up? Now, we think, oh, he was a perfect child because of this. No, he had to be like every other child. Come on. Hallelujah. Little runny-nosed brat that probably got in the way and, you know, so on and so forth. He was a son of God, but he's also a man. But he had to make choices in his life. We've seen him the, making the biggest choice at the Garden of Gethsemane, where he had to obey God's will, the Father's will. He says, not my will, but yours be done. So life is a choice, even for Jesus. So here, we're going to read this scripture. Jesus passionately determined to leave for Jerusalem and let nothing distract from fulfilling his mission there. Now, even that first portion of Scripture there, Jesus said Jesus was passionately determined. Are we passionately determined about the things of God? Amen. A lot of times we see the church in America is very lethargic. We're not proactive. We let things happen. When the Bible says we have authority over all the powers of darkness... We, we know what prayer is like. We, we know what we can do, amen? As far as the spiritual, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. But the church has been laid back. Well, let the pastors do it. Let the evangelists do it. Let the preachers do it. No, we are an army of God. Hallelujah. So it says Jesus was passionately determined to leave for Jerusalem and let nothing distract him from fulfilling his mission there. For the time for him to be lifted up was drawing near. So he sent messengers ahead of him as envo envoys uh, to a village of the Samaritans. But as they approached the village, they were turned away. They would not allow Jesus to enter, for he was on his way to worship in Jerusalem. Now, you see obstacles. Even for the Son of Man, even Jesus had obstacles. Okay? So things were getting in his way. You know, when things get in our way, we can take the easy way out and say, well, maybe this is not the right time, or we need to press through. Press through in prayer, press through in what we do. Press, you know, I mean, the enemy will try to take us out in whatever way he can. He probably talked to some of you about not coming to church this morning. Come on now. Oh, you know, you're so tired, you stayed up Saturday night late and whatever, and you just, oh, you know, maybe... I can go to the, the night service or, you know, I mean, just all kinds of thoughts coming to mind. And a lot of those are the enemy planting thoughts in our head. Amen? So there's always obstacles. All right. They would not allow Jesus to enter in for, it was, for he was on his way to worship in Jerusalem. And when the disciples, when the disciples Jacob and John realized what was happening, they came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you wanted to, you could command fire to fall down from heaven Amen, just like Elijah did and destroy all of these wicked people. Now, we see that there are two kinds of passions here. 
we see the passion that Jesus had was to fulfill his ministry and to do the will of his father. But we see the disciples, they had a different passion. They wanted to just kill him until God they died. Amen? Hey, Jesus, let's just call fire down from, I mean, that would be the easy fix, right? Some of you would like to do that today. Uh-huh. See, two different spirits, two different attitudes, two, two different forces at play. Hallelujah. But Jesus rebuked them sharply, saying, don't you realize what comes from your hearts when you say that? For the Son of Man did not come to destroy life, but to bring life to the earth. So, you know, the Bible talks a lot about our heart, about the intent of our heart. That's where passion should come from. Amen? From our heartfelt passion to serve God, regardless of what it costs. There are people that have been martyred and still are being martyred for the cross and for Christ. Look at their heart. They had to have that, that solid belief that, man, there's something better on the other side. There's something better. We're going somewhere. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus is going somewhere. His mission was to get to Jerusalem. And the disciples had the fix. Well, let's just call fire down from heaven and they won't bother us anymore. We can go to Jerusalem, Jesus. But that was a different spirit and that is not a godly type of spirit. So what does that say to us? We have to obey the, the word of God. We have to, although we're passionate about things, we've got to do it God's way. Amen? Amen? Not the Old Testament way always where God splits the ground open and follows, you know, and right? We're under the new covenant. <laughs> Praise God. The covenant of love. So how, how we stay back? We, we, we love, and we're going to see this through, uh, you know, take this through and, and show you that. Amen? Praise God. So Jesus, number one, set his face toward Jerusalem. He was fixated. What does that mean? Fixated. He was focused. How many of you know what being focused is all about? And come on, with social media, it's not easy to stay focused. In prayer time, you need to leave your phones and stuff somewhere else. And I know some of you read your Bible, you know, on your phones and your iPads. And all. I understand that. But man, just, you know, do like you're riding on the airplane and shut off the, you know, data and just read what's on your phone, the Bible, if you're going to do that. Amen? Because chances are you're going to get calls, you're going to get texts. <laughs> I was telling Pastor Judy, it's so fun being hooked up to, to the, you know, this stuff. I, you know, I have an Apple Watch, right? Hooked up to my phone, and I get alerts. Well, yesterday, come on, young people, if you're in here, every time somebody bought a calendar... I got alerted on my phone. It gave the name of the person and the amount they gave. And it must have been a hundred times that, that that thing went, you know, it vibrates, right? And I look at it. Someone bought a calendar for $10. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, see, that, that, in, that's distracting. Well, thank God it wasn't the time when, you know, I didn't need to be distracted. It was just a nuisance. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. So fixated, focused on your Christian walk. Focus on what God has called you to do at Living Word. Focus on how you treat your family, right? How you perform on your job, and so on and so forth. Because everything that we do, we do to glorify God. The Bible says whatever we do in word or deed, we are to do it as unto the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at Caleb. Caleb and Joshua. It says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, God was saying this about Caleb. My servant Caleb has a different attitude. Had a different attitude. Check your attitude. Amen? Than the others have. And he has remained loyal to me. You know, being loyal is not too common anymore. We're swayed one way or the other. But being loyal, that loyalty. But God had this to say about Caleb. He had a different attitude. He had an attitude of passion toward me. That was what God was saying. And God wants you to have the same attitude, a different spirit. Amen. It's a rare spirit, loyalty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Being a Christian in, in your walk, not in name only. It's funny when I hear on the news somebody, you know, quotes the scripture and and, or something like that, trying to be religious, and you know they're acting, acting they're, they don't really have a relationship with God, and you know, they call themselves a Christian. But to be a Christian is to be Christ-like, to be a follower of Jesus, amen? Not just to occasionally read the Bible, not occasionally say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be, you know? Or the 23rd Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd. I, I mean, those are great. Amen? But to have an intimacy, to have that fellowship with the Lord. Praise God. I want us to look at Joshua, okay? How many of Joshua was another man with a different spirit? And so uh, one of the things that, that passion does, it makes you a leader and not a follower. Because if you follow, guess what? You're going to be led sometimes away from the things of God. Well, you don't need to be doing that in the church because you're just busy. You need to learn to say no. And you start becoming selfish in, in your motives. And even we can use an excuse, well, I'm going to get closer to God so I don't have time to do all this mundane things at church. <laughs> How many of you know God loves his church? Even what we call a physical church, the bother, the gathering of the church. Hallelujah. Because we are to, the Bible says in Hebrews that we are to, uh, even more so as we see the day approaching, that we should come together in assembly. I didn't like it during COVID when we were online. A lot of people got used to that. And even churches, even the mega, a lot of churches say, you know, they're down in, in attendance, they're starting to get it back now, but because people got so used to watching church on the couch. They don't have to get dressed up. They don't have to go out in the whatever weather. They can just, you know, turn on the internet and watch church online. But there's an atmosphere in church that you don't get online. There's a corporate anointing that you don't get online. You've got to be in the house of God. 
You've got to intermingle with God's people. That's how we're going to grow, even the people that we might not like. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we, we use a lot of times selfishness to, or we allow other people, we listen to other people, well, you're doing too much over there at that church. You shouldn't go to church so much. I mean, you're going, you know, every night of the week, you're going, hey, David loved to be in the house of God. Read the Psalms. He said, I desire to be in the house of God more than anything else. He longed for the house of the Lord. And I believe some of you have that longing for the house of the Lord. Amen? You just love church. You love to see one another. You love to connect groups. You're connecting with one another. And by the way, we need some homes, okay? If you want to open your house uh, to have a connect group. It's not that difficult. Hallelujah. We provide the teaching and everything else. All you have to do is provide your house. Hallelujah. And if you need information about that, you can see somebody on the experience team and they'll get you directed to the right person. But, you know, connecting, have fellowship with one another. Oh, I'm too busy. Well, if you're too busy, you need to unbusy yourself with the things that you're busy with and get busy for God. Hallelujah. This stuff ain't in my notes. You might come to the next service and see how I preach that one because, believe me, it's different. All right, let's get through this. I have 12 minutes left. Hallelujah. Okay, quick to lead and quick to obey. Joshua, okay, Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to read seven verses here. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Hivites, and some of these parasites and everything else. We need to get rid of the ites in our house, right, around us. That was a problem, get rid of the ites. It's funny, all of them had ites at the end, Jebusites, Amorites, Gergesites. <laughs> wow, glory to God. Oh, anyway. Hallelujah. Oh, get rid of them ahead of you. Look, the ark of the covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you. Now look at this, the ark of the covenant. What is the type of? The Holy Spirit. The presence of God will lead you. But we have to stay fixated on the ark. How many of you tried following somebody and you got lost? Huh? You can follow, you know, even in a car, you, you know. Well, just follow me. Yeah, right. Somebody cut in front of you and another person cuts in front of you and you turn and you don't see that. And all of a sudden, I'm not following anymore. I'm by myself. All right? So follow, okay? Follow the ark of the covenant. Follow the presence which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth. He will lead you across the Jordan River and now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord and the, uh, of the Lord of all of the earth. And as soon as the, their feet touches the water, the, you know, that took faith right there, amen? The flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priest who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them and he was, it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Now think about this. Here Joshua, he had a different spirit. He was, of course, leader after Moses. The job <laughs> was relegated to him. Amen. And one of the things that God told Joshua, and he said several times, be, have courage. 
be courageous. In fact, he said, be very courageous. Hallelujah. See, a passionate person is very courageous. Now, it's funny that they chose to, well, God chose this because God likes to do things in big ways. Amen? He could have chose to take them over the Jordan River during a drought where there was five inches of water. That would have been easy for God to do. Amen? But it says that the, the, the river, the Jordan, was overflowing its banks. And God got, a, uh, got the command to Joshua, which Joshua was the leader, and said, now you have the priest bear the ark and you step out into the water. You know, we think everything is so spiritual. Put, your, put yourself in that position. Flood time. High tide, whatever, whatever. And, and I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it would be easy to say, are you serious? You want us to step out into this water? I mean, the river is flooding its banks. You want us, Joshua? <laughs> yeah, I want you. Glory to God. Passionate, passionate. Nothing, just like nothing was going to stop Jesus from getting to Jerusalem, nothing was going to stop Joshua from getting the Ark of the Covenant and God's people across. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, but as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the Ark touched, that is a type of the anointing, when you obey God and do what God wants you to do and do it without compromise, the anointing will be there. Ooh, glory to God. Well, I don't feel anything. Well, shut up and do it, and you'll feel something. Amen? It will come. Hallelujah. Well, you know, Lord, you know Pastor, I know I'm supposed to be passionate, but, but I, I don't feel like anything right now. I don't feel nothing. I don't feel nothing. I, I don't, you know, I, I just want to feel something. If I feel something, I'll know God's with me. No, it's by faith. You're saved by faith. You're filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. By, you think I feel goosebumps when I walk out here and preach? <laughs> I was back there and had to go to the bathroom. And I was trying to figure out how that was going to happen. Do I tell Alex to sing an extra song so I could run to the bathroom? You don't know what that's like until you are a minister. You have natural urgencies there at different times, but when you walk into the anointing, for all of a sudden it disappears. But I'm going to leave the platform really quick when I'm over, okay? <laughs> so don't get in my way, all right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Passion will cause you to do the impossible. Regardless of how you feel and what you think and what other people say around you, you cannot listen to even some other believers because they don't believe like you do. Stop listening to what everybody says. 
and start hearing God will speak to your heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So anyway, they, the priest went ahead and did that, and uh, all the people crossed over, and God received the glory. Glory to God. So Joshua wasn't ruled by obstacles because men will put, mankind will put obstacles in your way to keep you from doing the will of God. The enemy, of course, will. He's a prince and power of the air. We fight not against flesh and blood, but actually, the enemy's behind anything, amen, and everything. Number three, it caused him to act fearlessly. Fearlessly. Sometimes you've got to grit your teeth and just, mm, I'm going to do this. I am going to do this. Amen. How many of you have ever uh, dove off of a high dive? How many of you have walked up to the edge of it and looked down? And you said, I don't think I want to do this but there's a bunch of people behind you. <laughs> and you're there. That's a long way down there, and your knees start to do this, you know? You know, and, and everybody's saying, come on, jump, 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 jump. And you know, if you don't jump, they're gonna push you. <laughs> but we've got to take the plunge, man. Whatever God's telling us to do, don't be hesitate. Don't hesitate. Do it with all of your might. Do it with all of your force. Put everything behind it. Hallelujah. Because you know what? When you act fearlessly, that's when the anointing comes in and takes over. Praise God. That's where sometimes you use all the faith that you have, and then the gift of faith will come on you. But God's not going to move a parked car. You've got to be moving ahead toward the things of God. Hallelujah. So we've got to stop making excuses. Excuse this, excuse that. Hallelujah. Our families are full of excuses. You go through this every day if you have a big family. Your excuse, you know, I can't take out the garbage because. Right? I can't wash the dishes today because my hands will get wet. I mean, stupid. Do it. Rejoice in everything that you do. Glory to God. And then be a worshiper. Worship. And I want to deal with this. We're going to go just a little bit. I got a little bit of time. Worship isn't what we think it is. I mean, worship, of course, includes what we do here on Sunday mornings. We lift up our hands. We praise the Lord. and We worship him. But our life is to be a life of worship. Come on now. John chapter 4 and verse 23, Jesus says this, but from here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but the right heart. Wow, that's a strong, the right heart. For God is spirit and he longs to have sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. What does that look like? Jesus tells the disciples in Matthew chapter 25, he shares something about what Christianity is all about, what true worship is all about. So in verse 31, let's read this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all nations will be gathered before him 
He will separate them from one another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those who on, who's on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now notice what he's saying. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see the sick or in prison, uh, or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you do it to one of these least of my, of my brethren, you did it to me. Hallelujah. So what is Christianity? What is the thrust of worshiping God? It's not just coming here and lifting your hands and, and, and weeping and laughing and praising God or whatever we do religiously. And that's all important to do that, but feeding the hungry, giving a drink to the thirsty, visiting those who are sick, means going out of your way. A person with a different spirit, maybe teaching Sunday school. Huh? Well, I would never go in with those kids. Come on now. Let's check our motive. God is looking for a different spirit. We've and we make the choice. Hallelujah. Now in the Passion Translation, verse 40 says there, and the king will answer them, don't you know, when you cared for one of the least important of these my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. Worship is taking care of your own family. You worshiping God, you think you're spiritual when you come to church, but how are you treating your husband or wife or your children? And children, how are you treating your parents? See, that's all worship. We don't talk about that much, but that's a kind of real worship that God desires. I mean, who chooses? We've got to make that choice. But Lord, I want the blessings, yeah? You do take care of of the people around you. You love the people around you. And I'm not gonna, you know, read the love chapter. Because you know better, you know how, what you do and what you don't do, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So see, worshiping God. Everything that we do, everything that we say, being courageous in what we do, being passionate like Jesus was. It's all inclusive of being a worshiper of God and a follower of Jesus. Amen? Amen. But we choose. And your flesh might not like what you choose. But be like Jesus. Don't be distracted. Be focused. Be fixated on what you're supposed to be doing. Be eternity-minded. Amen? And I'll tell you what, you will grow in the things of God. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lift up your hands. Stand with me. 
This has been a different kind of message. Praise the Lord. Father, we just praise you right now. We thank you that your people here at Living Word will be of a different spirit. They will be of a different attitude, God. They will be motivated just by choice, just by your love, just by your goodness, and not be distracted with the cares and things that come alongside to pull us out of your perfect will and plan. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that has been sent to help us and to guide us into all truth. So if you tell us to go over the Jordan River when the banks are overflowing, that we will not question you, but we will walk with the anointing and step into that water. We will obey you, Father, and we thank you for it, that you will never fail us in Jesus' name. Every head bowed. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is a heaven and there is a hell. A lot of people don't like to talk about hell in, in the church. But I've been reading and studying on the end times. But one of these days, there's going to be a separation. There's going to be a separation. And we read just a little bit that right now. The righteous will be put on one side and the unrighteous another. That means an eternity without the presence of God. There is a hell. There is a lake of fire. But none of us have to go there because Jesus made a way. He is the way. He's the truth and the light. We come to the Father through him. He is the door. He is the path. And all we've got to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says we shall be saved. Not maybe, but we shall be so today I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says that we, first of all, acknowledge that Jesus died for our sins. And number two, we confess him. We ask him to be our Lord and Savior. Amen? Simple as that. It's a free gift. You don't have to work for it. You come just as you are. So pray this prayer with me, everybody. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. And I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. Dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross and paying the price for my sins. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you, Father, right now that I am your child because I've called upon the name of Jesus, and have made him Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, please let us know. Let uh, one of the people in the, uh, our team members with a, a lanyard on, let them know, and we have a free gift for you. Praise God, and, and we'll pray for you. Come back and see us. Hallelujah.